This episode was recorded back in February when I had the chance to travel down to Parkland, Florida to sit and paint with the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas students. Welcome to Conversations, a podcast created for the Kindness Rocks Project, where we share stories that connect us through kindness and compassion. I'm your host, Megan Murphy, and I think you'll be truly inspired by today's guest. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations. Today is a little bit different than what you're used to and what I'm used to interviewing other people, but I have with me today Roberta Cannon, who is a dear friend of mine, and she has been a guest on the podcast um, in the past because Roberta is a writer, and she has interviewed many people who have shared their stories through the project, and she has been on the podcast a couple of times now sharing those stories. So I asked her to come and interview me today about an experience that I just recently had because again I like to keep in line with having a conversation as opposed to me just speaking so I'm gonna let Roberta do the talking and I am now the guest. Thank you Megan and welcome to my podcast for today. (laughs) About uh, two years ago on Valentine's Day at the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School in Parkland Florida was a horrific day for the students the teachers and the families when a young man went in and killed 17 people and wounded 14. And it was a tragedy that was heard across the United States and unfortunately not the first one that's happened in the past few years. And one of the things that has grown out of that is that the community has come together to develop various programs with the Kindness Rocks Project in developing healing gardens and art installations to help the community heal as well as the students, the teachers, and their families. So last year, for Valentine's Day, 2019, Megan traveled to Parkland, down to Marjorie Stoneham High School, to talk with the teachers and view the gardens and see what she had to offer that she could give them in support of what they've been doing in the community. So Megan, tell us a little bit about what it was like to go down last year. Your first time, the first year anniversary, it must have been pretty tough to kind of see what had happened there and what was going on when you got there. Yeah, so I did not plan on on going to that community. What happened was I was walking on the beach just about a week prior, and I had seen in the news that morning that it was the one-year anniversary at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, and I thought to myself, wow, it's already been a year? That went by very quickly for me, someone who lives far away. And yet it brought back to me the feeling of, I wonder how that community is doing. And ironically, shortly after that day that I was walking on the beach, one of the 911 callers, who now I call a dear friend, Rocky, reached out to me and she shared her story on the website about what it was like that day receiving the call of what had happened in the community. And so I thought to myself, you know, I need to go down there. I need to see what's happening in this community. They were using rocks to heal the art therapy. And and I, I just had this urge to jump on a plane. And so many kind souls who I had never met picked me up at the airport and brought me 
around their community to show me all the healing that was taking place. They showed me the gardens. They took me to the museum where they were doing all sorts of activities for the kids. Each day on Valentine's Day now, it's called a day of service. So the kids have a half day of school. And then they go out and they do community service, and the community serves them to help them heal. Did you have any idea what to expect when you decided to go down there? Or what you expected? Was it different from what you saw? Yeah, I did not know what to expect at all. I did know one thing. I wanted to make sure that there was no attention on me by any means. You know, I'm, I was there to support them and to see what they were doing with the Rock Project so I wanted to just sit back and be a spectator and, and, you know, support them where they needed it. So any time that I was introduced as something other than that felt odd to me. And that was the part that I didn't want to happen. I just really wanted to be there to support them. The morning of year one, Rocky asked me to come help her unload her car at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School because she was going to be painting with the students. And that's all I thought I was doing. I was going to go and look at the memorial outside of the school on the entryway where there were media from around the world. It was very uncomfortable. The privacy of these kids, these mourning families was, it was hard to see that cameras kind of in their faces to catch them crying. And and, and there was a lot of anger about that. Were the cameras and the news people right at the high school? Well, they kept them a little bit further away. They they definitely did a good job of trying to keep them away. But, you know, many of them walked up the road and kind of hid their cameras and then pulled them out, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was very, it was, it was just strange. So when I helped Rocky unload her car, there was really high security, as you can imagine. The school basically has huge fences and there were so many police on that first anniversary and the world was basically watching. Sure. I can imagine. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I found myself in the lobby with Rocky and she said, they want you to come in. They want you to see the school, to paint. And as I walked through the school, everybody seemed very somber yet loving It was very quiet, yet in the quiet, there was a loudness of feelings, a lot of feelings. So were the students in the school with you at the time, or was this before school started that you were bringing the rocks in? You know, many of the kids took the day off because it's a very traumatic day for them. You know, many of the kids weren't there, but the kids that were there needed to be there. They needed to be with their peers There were therapy dogs throughout the courtyard. If you've ever been to any of the schools in Florida, they're very different than up here in the Northeast. They are wide open, open air schools, and that's what leaves them vulnerable. Sure. It was something I, I, you know, that even that I wasn't accustomed to. But since, you know, they, they have built walls or have fences and things, high security. But on that moment, the kids that were there, we're sitting with the dogs. They had a big breakfast, and they do this annually now for the service people, the police and fire, nine one one. And the kids put on a big breakfast for them, and they have them walk through the line, and the kids cheer for them, thanking them. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's kindness at its best, isn't it? Yeah, really. Giving, giving back in your time of grief to help someone else who helped you. Yeah, it, it, you know the power of healing in that, right? Sure. 
So at that time, year one, many of the teachers were still there from the year before. Having been there the second year, many of those teachers are no longer there. I think that it was it was difficult for them. Well, I think moving on too, that I remember when you came back, it took you a few days to kind of recover emotionally because it was so somber, but yet loving. And yeah. I remember you talking about all the wonderful things that they're doing down there as well as how all the people were giving to you and were so happy to have you there to yeah. come and acknowledge that that was a day and acknowledge what they were doing. It was very important for me to be there, to see the impact of the project on the front lines, like during tragedy and how people are healing through kindness rocks. It was beyond my ever expectations or anything that I would could ever imagine could happen. And these people, I felt not worthy to even be in their presence because they were like true kindness crusaders. The gardens that they were building and the rocks they were painting and the healing and the, the love and the community and the connections they were making. I mean, people would come up to me and say, because of the rocks, I now have friends. In a community I get together with twice a month and we sit and paint and we, we share birthdays and, and I longed for that. You know, that, that was something that happened for me a year, another year went by and here I am walking the beach by myself or sitting behind my laptop by myself and longing for community. And so when the second anniversary came up, I said, I, I got to go back. I got to go and be in that energy again and be with these people. And so that's what I did for year two. I jumped on a plane again. I gave them 24 hour notice. I'm like, I'm coming. And again, this year I was in the school painting with the kids, but I can tell you that the mood was very different. It was lightly somber, mostly filled with hope. The kids are very respectful and everybody's looking out for one another. The beautiful things that come from tragedy, right, is it brings a community together. When I came back last year, I was walking on my morning beach walk and living where I do. I am walking in these neighborhoods that have gigantic mansions where no one even lives there in the winter. So they have workmen all winter. And I never noticed the sounds and I remember coming back last year, I think I told you this, Roberta, yeah, did. that someone was getting their roof shingled and the gun, the nail guns going off. And it really, I stopped dead in my tracks and I had this thought about these kids, right? Like the, the rest of their lives, something like a nail gun that goes off is going to bring up these memories, this tragic memories that they have. And, and I thought, and then they're going to go off and they're going to have families of their own, many of them. And Valentine's Day may not be celebrated with their children and the community that they live in may not understand. Right now they're with each other and they've experienced that same trauma. But when they go out into the world, they're no longer with all of those people and have that in common. Well, I think a couple of things. One is that's what the Kindness Rocks Project does. If you think about it and they go out into the world having had this trauma within them or having experienced that trauma, but they have the opportunity to also take this project with them where they've learned kindness, they've learned community, they've learned caring, they've learned how to give to each other and how to support each other. I think those attributes and those virtues will go along with them so that when they move on to other communities, they can remember 
that part of this tragedy was the fact that they became involved in a community effort that provided them the support when they needed it. And that's something wonderful to take along with them. Yeah, it's like love in action, right? Mm. Like out of great tragedy can come great love. Well, absolutely. And last year you talked about the, um, it's not a temple, but the winds. Yeah, so they have these giant art installations. The Bloomberg Foundation gave the community, I believe it was $2 million. And artist David Best from California came last year and he built the Temple of Time, which was this beautiful wooden structure. It it was shipped in on truckloads of wood and the community kind of glued it together and made this beautiful shrine. And the community was able to come and grieve and, and write messages on it. And then I think it was three months later, they burned it. It was beautiful. And this year they had two artists from Miami Beach that came and they did a giant peace and love letters that were huge. And they had all the kids glue flowers on them. And it was it was really beautiful. And that will be up until, I believe, March. So the community can come and, and sit next to that art installation. So talk a little bit about the gardens, but also the groups that have formed. Rocky has formed her own group. Is that right? Yeah, Rocky has a group. She paints at this lovely little coffee shop by her home in Fort Lauderdale. It's called The Grind. And so it's like the Grind Rocks Project, I believe. I may get that wrong, but I'll have links on the website to all of this and some of the pictures of the Temple of Time and and all of that. So Rocky does this coffee shop, pays for everything, the rocks, the supplies. And every Saturday, they let anybody that comes into the coffee shop just sit and paint. And Rocky donates her time which what's more valuable than time. She goes and she sits with the community and paints and all of those rocks go to different things. So there's a seafarer's house, for example, down there in Fort Lauderdale. And so she paints for the seafarer's house, which is a wonderful nonprofit organization where the people that work on those cruise ships or the big ships that come in with cargo. Yeah. If they don't have visas, they at least can come to the seafarer's house to get on land It's a wonderful organization and they have all sorts of things there for them. And so these groups paint for them, for those seafarers to take back a rock with them. And uh, one of the captains had it on one of his boats and he says, I I take a piece of the earth with me out to sea, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then there were some other groups that formed from that also from, so there's the grind and then there's other groups. Yeah. There's a huge group called Coral Springs Rocks. They're huge. Um, Kind Rocks, Florida. I'm going to miss some, so I can't, I'm not going to rattle them (laughs) off because there's so many of them. Uh, I will try and find as many as I can that are in that area and put them up on the website for you all so you can connect with them. But um, they are all the most kind souls and they get together twice a month at different places and they paint for all different needs. This year I went down, there was a young boy who tragically took his life. His name was Bryce and he went to Deerfield Beach High School. And so we planted a memorial garden for Bryce and the students were coming over when we were planting it and just sitting and reflecting and all these painters from Suicide Prevention Rocks Uh, I had put out on social media, they all sent thousands of rocks for that. Oh, so there must be a lot of gardens in the area there now that were there before. Yeah. So I was there for four days this, a couple of days ago, and I must have visited seven 
And each of those gardens had over a thousand rocks in each of them. So imagine the amount of rocks that are being painted and what they're doing with it. But one of the stories I really need to share with you about that, we went to this museum, Coral Springs Museum, and we were running late on time, but someone told us that they were painting rocks there. So we went in and we went upstairs and we walked into the room where they were painting and there were Buddhist monks painting among people. And... I don't really tell people this story too much, but I took a trip with my daughter to India several years ago, about five years ago now. And when we were there, this was before I started painting the rocks, before Kindness Rocks Project. I had this vision that kept happening where I was like, I'm supposed to be taking a picture of something, you know, as I was standing at the Taj Mahal or hiking or I just kept having this thought that I was supposed to be taking a picture of something. And When I returned home from India, and that's where most of the Buddhist monks train. It's where the Dalai Lama live in Dharamsala, which is northern India by Tibet. So when I walked into this room and saw the Tibetan monks, and really it was shortly after I returned home that I started painting the kindness rocks and taking pictures of rocks wherever I go, it was like this full circle moment. It kind of took my breath away for a moment that there were these Tibetan monks in the robes, just like the men that I saw when I was in India painting kindness rocks. And then all of a sudden, these were the monks that were at the museum. Yeah, they were at the museum. And then all of a sudden, one of them said, or the person that was running the event said, they are now going to bless the kindness rocks. And they bowed their heads and they did this beautiful chant. It was really amazing. And, And in that moment, I thought, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And it was almost like validation. That was what I was seeking back then. And look at how this project has grown. It was really an interesting moment. I bet it was. I can only imagine because I have goosebumps listening to the story. And I think that it shows coming full circle. And if you watch for the signs, you often get signs to tell you which way to go. Yeah. Um, just like you've had these last these last two years, a walk on the beach. You had a walk on the beach before you went down to Parkland this year, too. It decided to go, right? Yeah, the beach is my place where I actually say every day, like, show me a sign or a message of what I'm supposed to do next. Sometimes it comes by way of jump on a plane (laughs) or, um, you know, and I never know the reason. You know, I I know I'm supposed to be going somewhere for something, but sometimes I show up somewhere and I go, oh, wow, that's what it is. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that this year it was a more uplifting trip for you. And I'm sure it's more uplifting for all of the people involved in making the rocks and the rock groups down there and all of the students and teachers and families who are at the high school. And I'm sure, knowing you as I do, that they were so thrilled to have you come down because I think often when there's organizations out there helping people, it's not often the people who start it who go to these different events to to be there a support in and of themselves. And that may be a generalization I shouldn't be making, but I think what impresses me is that you're the founder of this huge worldwide organization. And whenever you have an opportunity or an intuitive insight that you should go somewhere and be there, you go. You don't ask any questions, you just go. And I think for the people who see you when you do come, they get so much support and comfort from you. So it's interesting. Thank you for saying that. Because it's, it is validating, again, um, I got more than I gave, for sure. 
I went because I wanted to support them, but what I got in return was just so much more. They invigorated me. I came back and I'm like, I need to do this. I need to do that. You know, I'm not worthy. They're doing so much. And what can I do to help? And so I was home for one day and and I saw, I get Google alerts and the recreation department, a couple of towns over was having a little rock painting event for the kindness rocks. And so I jumped in my car, I brought them all sorts of, you know, conversations for kids, workbooks and card packs and posters and jumped in my car and I just showed up. And the woman that was running it looked at me and she's like, uh, you're her. (laughs) What are you doing here? And I'm like, I came to sit and paint. And I sat next to these amazing families and we just painted and, and I said, you know what, for 2020, this is what I'm going to do. I, I need to get out and, and support others of what they're doing with the project and do some more traveling and sit with people and listen to their stories and hopefully bring the stories back for all of you on the podcast. That would be great. Well, I think in closing, Megan, what are the maybe two or three most important things that have impacted the way you look at the world as far as what the Kindest Rocks Project is doing for others? So I would say, number one, it's creating community. And as human beings, we all crave a sense of belonging with one another. And so communities heal. Often when we're isolated, we get lonely, we get caught up in fear and our thoughts and things. But when you have a community who supports you and understands or just simply listens or is there for you, there's so much power in that. So that's the number one thing. I like to call this the art of connecting. This project has connected people in ways that I can't even put into words. One woman, we were at lunch down in Florida and she came over and she actually made me a rock that said, thank you, you saved my life. Wow, that is really powerful. Yeah, I... uh, really powerful. To receive that message is... um, very powerful. She found a community of friends that are helping her. So yeah, that would be the number one thing. And the, and those are the stories you hear over and over. I can think of people who are in rural areas in different states in the United States and different countries who have emailed you and said the exact same thing, that they found community through doing the Kindness Rocks Project. But it's also the act of giving. We can sit and paint rocks, but it's also, it's the message behind the rock It's the giver behind the rock, I think, and it's the person receiving the rock. And as you always say, it's a message you often want to hear yourself that you put on that rock and you put out into the world. Yeah, it's funny. Some people may be viewing this as silly rock painting, right? And, And there are some groups out there, it's like rock and hide and whatever, and it becomes like this scavenger hunt. And and that's fine because it gets kids off their computers and phones and they're out in nature and they're looking for things. But this is so much more than a painted rock. It is. It, it Like you said, it brings community. It helps people. They help people to heal. Even in some of my conversations with people who have found them, it's touched them to their soul and it's helped them to heal physically and emotionally and spiritually. which is what we all need these days, I think. Yeah, we all need a way. And the the beauty of the rock, back to the rock, though, is that there's no barrier to entry. Everybody can find a rock. 
and everybody can paint it and leave it. And you don't have to be an artist from one who knows. (laughs) I cannot draw anything except a flower, but I do manage once in a while to create something very special in the message that I write. For those out there who say, I can't write, I can't think of a message, or I can't paint anything, just sit down and try it and you'll be surprised. Yeah. Exactly. It's the energy that you're putting into that rock for another human being that matters. You took the time to do that. Well, thank you, Megan. This has been awesome interviewing you. And thank you for having me on your show. Well, today it's your podcast. But <laughs> So why don't we do the thread that we do at the end of each podcast, even if so this since it's your podcast today, let me pick a card. Okay. So you say to me, fan the cards out, and then I'll pick a message. message, (laughs) And then why don't you pick one too? (laughs) So the message that I got is, one day or day one, you decide. It's a great message. It is. Mine is, the brain is wider than the sky. Ah. I like that one. It's really thoughtful. So these are our messages. I hope that all of you who are listening Take a moment to think about others today. And if you have the opportunity to be kind and compassionate, take it. This podcast was brought to you by the Kindness Rocks Project, produced by Jason Peterson and hosted by Megan Murphy on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Join us next week for another episode of Conversations. Conversations.